0: Welcome to the Sam, it's Sam, 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 podcast. Hope you enjoy. Episode four. As many of you, hopefully all of you are aware, this past week in the U.S. has been an eventful one. It started with the murder of an unarmed black man named George Floyd in Minneapolis. There is a horrific video of an officer kneeling on Floyd's neck for about nine minutes, killing George Floyd. Unfortunately, that was just the latest in a long line of police killings and incidents of police brutality against the Black community in America. Breonna Taylor, an unarmed Black woman, was gunned down earlier this year by police. And just a few weeks ago, we saw a video of Ahmaud Arbery being killed in cold blood by white men. Even with the video, it took over two months for an arrest to be made. It was just another reminder that our system was founded on and supports institutionalized racism and has never served black Americans the way it serves white Americans. Both of us as white Americans, specifically cis straight white Americans, have an incredible amount of privilege. That means we will never understand what black people in the U.S. have to go through on a daily basis just to even survive. With the protests of the last week and the ongoing discussions that need to be had surrounding racial justice, we decided it was not time to make another podcast about fun topics. This space could be better used to amplify Black voices and Black experiences in America. For that reason, we have invited a number of guests to come on the podcast and tell us about their experiences, thoughts, or whatever else they'd like to share. We hope you all listen carefully to what they have to say and that you will take their messages to heart. A lot of white people, us included, have a lot of work to do. All right, guys, our next guest on the podcast is Lindsay Okafor, and she is from St. Louis, Missouri. I knew her from when I went to John Burroughs' school freshman year. She is an activist, and she has been involved in a few of the recent protests in the St. Louis area. Lindsay, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me to do this. Uh, This is my first time doing a podcast or anything like of this sort. And I was really like happy when you like came to me about it. So I was like, okay, this sounds cool. This sounds cool. This is nice.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, I mean, Liam was completely right when he said that you would be a a great person to reach out to. And um, I mean, I can tell from your stories and your social media that you you are, uh, you know, completely um, involved and uh, rightly so in, in, in everything that's been going on recently. And so I was just wondering if you could speak to that and what some of your thoughts are, are and um, just, just how you feel in general as, uh, you know, a Black woman in America right now.
1: All right. So I have a couple points that I'd like to hit while I'm talking to you guys today. Um I guess first um I'm going to talk about protesting and how that's going down in Missouri or in St. Louis at least um and the difference between peaceful and rioting. So, um the reason for protest is to express discomfort or express an opinion that people aren't really listening to. Right? So we have two types of protests that we've seen like on the news and like, I guess for me up close, um, which is peaceful and rioting peaceful is, is when I guess a group of people come together typically during the day to express the, their discomfort in front of like public buildings or, um, marching through the streets of the city, um, asking people to, get out of their cars and becoming an inconvenience basically. And I didn't find that until I actually got out there and started protesting myself. Now, rioting on the other hand, and my experience has been at night and has been because they feel as if peaceful protesting isn't gonna get the action that we want, the response that we need, which is change. Um, typically the riots have been hitting small businesses, which I don't agree with, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, I feel as if this peaceful protesting isn't completely, I guess, getting us what we need, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right.
0: That makes sense. Um, so you have to go. You have to go behind just, or go beyond just marching. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay.
1: Um. Basically, yeah. The reason for rioting, um, is just that. Like, and I would never t- take part in the rioting aspect. I say in air quotes, but I know people that have, and I don't mm-hmm. fully disagree with their actions just not small businesses, especially those who have supported the Black Lives Matter movement. It kind of, like, puts a bad image on us Mm -hmm. as a whole and kind of takes away the steps or pushes us back from our goal. But, yeah. um, Also, during the riot, fun fact, like, you would think that you wouldn't feel safe during, like, I guess, people smashing things around you and setting fires. But it wasn't until, like, police showed up or I heard police sirens that I feared for my life. Like, I knew that the people around me weren't going to hurt me, I guess, for some reason. Like, their their goal wasn't to incite violence on others, but they were just angry. So I think that gave me a different outlook on rioting and I guess made me respect what they were doing just a little bit more.
0: Well yeah no that's that's a powerful statement right there. I think that like that that shows the what the the state of the police's relationship with the community is at this point.
1: Yeah. Is, I mean it's crazy. It's it's wild. Uh but yeah. Um I guess I could talk about uh, being a person of color in a PWI, which is a yeah. white institution.
0: Please do. Cause I mean, I've actually, I mean, uh,
1: Burroughs has kind of been
0: like on the news a little bit. I mean, more social media than anything else with, um, Oh, what's her name? The, the, the lady who had the experience where uh, the guy who's now a Fox news reporter, the, um, did, did he spit on her? um do you know what i'm talking about
1: i don't i have not heard about that
0: yet okay i i saw someone in the boroughs community was circulating and i forget who it was but like wall there was a there's a black woman who's now i i think she's also a journalist of some sort and she she like came forward and was like this this reporter during my time at Burroughs like spit on me and then when i went to the administration they just made him apologize and nothing else um
1: I heard about the time where, um, like, articles were posted about uh, Black people's discomfort in the Burroughs community, and like faculty, like I guess, tried to retract it themselves and like like pick up newspapers pretty fast or whatever. That's something that I heard about, but I'm not sure. do. Yeah.
0: No, I have heard that too. The uh, so Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Is the I just found this article. She um she accused the Fox reporter uh, Leland Vittert, of harassing and spitting her during her time at Burroughs, and um the the administration kind of just said, "Well, he's said he's sorry." So I mean, but sorry, please please tell us about your experiences. Sorry, I just I was just oh no
1: no thank you for um sharing that with me. I'm gonna do some more research on that when we get done here. But um yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you know what microaggressions are, but um would you
0: would you just define yeah, you, that?
1: For, oh, yeah. For um for me, microaggressions are racist comments that go under the radar. Mm. Like comments that you know have an ulterior like I guess an and I don't even know how to say it, um a different meaning, but you can't really, I guess Say it's outright racist. Does that does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. My, it's it's hard. It's it's hard being a person of color in a predominantly white institution, especially for those I guess developmental years, especially mm. when those are the, like that point in your life you're trying to make friends you're trying to I guess become yourself but not really like I guess know yourself yet and microaggressions like I guess play a role or play a part in uh, making that more difficult Mm -hmm. yeah
0: could you could you give an example of maybe like one that maybe not necessarily happened to you or or that did happen to you or like people you know in the community or just, um, you know, kind of uh, some sort of anecdote that kind of helps us. I mean, because especially for us as white people, like, we're, we're the ones committing the microaggressions. We don't necessarily understand um, what we're doing and how it's affecting people of color. Um, so I wonder if you could, I mean, I know it's it's hard probably to think off the top of your head. But if there's if there is one that comes to mind,
1: um, I'm not not necessarily in the boroughs community, but like. Recently, I was just going into a gas station, and I I'm a friendly person, so like these I just see these like I guess kids in their like mid twenties or like late teens, and they're just hanging hanging out having a good time. So I wave at them like, oh my goodness, hi, hello, because I just that's just the person I am, and they were like, oh hi, and it started off real nice, and then one of them came up to me and um, my other um friend and was like, oh my goodness, do you know how to sea walk? You know what, yeah, like Crip walk. Yeah. And yeah. I look at I look at my friend and I'm sitting here like, did, did he really just is it we, we just gonna brush past that? Like we're not gonna talk about it. We're gonna leave that there. All right. All right. Cause clearly yeah, that... I don't I don't know if he knew what he was doing, but like that's just not okay. It's not okay. No. Yeah, no, not
0: at all. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. That's a great example of just like assuming. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, and like in terms of, I think a really important thing that we've talked about with other people is education in terms of like actual education in a, like, like what you're learning in the classroom curriculum or just like feeling comfortable in a classroom, especially in like a, a private education space like Burroughs is, um, what, what would you say that, like, how would you say that compares to white people versus, like, people of color?
1: Um, especially in, I guess, especially in... Actually, this is for all courses. I'm just going to go through them. So for English, whenever we have a book that has either the N-word in it or talks about a person of color all eyes go to that person of color. Either you do it subconsciously or you know what you're doing, you look at that person of color and say, oh, like subconsciously, you're like, oh, this is this is like something that they would go through, like, because they're, you know, like black. Like, that makes sense. And we feel the eyes on us. As you, There's no hiding it. Like, it, it's a thing that happens and it makes us uncomfortable it does especially if you're the only one in that classroom now burroughs tries to do a good job of making sure that there's more than one black or a person of color in a classroom but it doesn't always happen like that and in those times you know it's it's hard it's hard yeah i, I
0: can I, I feel like I've, i mean in burroughs and in like even the school that i go to which is a public school and uh I mean, I I, I can think of instances where, like, even the teachers, like, had students of color speak for their entire community and just put them on the spot, and it's just,
1: like... Yep, yep.
0: So inappropriate, and, yeah.
1: Like, I'm the spokesperson for my race, and I know everything that happens to every person of color in America. Yep, that makes complete sense. And then for, what, uh, like, I guess for math, or science like when you're in accelerated classes people are just like like when you like first get your schedules people are just like you you're in that class like mm. oh like people just assume that i guess starting out in Burroughs, a lot of people assume that because i went to Burroughs, it was, it was for like athletics and i'm like if you know Burroughs, our our athletics aren't good so make <laughs> that make sense
0: i mean yeah that's just i mean just the fact that they even assume that is like a problem in itself you know Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, and then don't get me started on history. (sighs) Now, personally, I believe that um, schools, actually, no, it's a fact. Schools don't talk enough about Black history. And the fact that we have to separate it and give ourselves a month to talk about Black history is a problem. Like... And it seems performative. Like It seems like, oh, Mm. we're going to give you this month so you can put all your issues and you can do all these little speeches and these little sound offs and do this little African dance so you're happy. And then for the next 11 months, we're going to completely forget about you. Mm. And we're going to treat you the exact same and act like we didn't hear anything that you said within that month. And it's the shortest month of the year. But hey.
0: Uh, could you talk a little bit more about the like performative nature of, of activism in general or, or within the, edu- the scope of education? Cause I think that that was like a, I mean, everything you touched on was like super just on point, but I just definitely think that especially the performative part was especially interesting.
1: All right. Um, it just seems like during black history month, People expect Black people to be okay and feel comfortable with sharing their experiences, but only during this month. It's only okay during this month because it is Black History Month. It seems like whenever someone wants to talk about racial issues, people, I guess, don't really care or don't feel like they need to listen if it's not during that allow that a lot of time you know Mm -hmm. and And people
0: do you think people feel like just that like if they do during that month like it's okay like it makes up for i guess the rest of the year
1: yep oh i know people that wholeheartedly agree with that statement oh man all right yeah, and uh I guess with this um black screens. I want to I want to talk about this so bad.
0: Yeah, please do. Please
1: do. All right. So, the point of the black screens for the Black Lives Matter movement isn't is all, it's to show solidarity, but it's not just to show that oh, this is a trend that I'm going to hop on because it's Black Lives Matter and I have a black friend. Yes. It's not, it's not for those people who secretly support Trump, but don't want to tell anybody so they will post the black screens. It's not for that. It's to either drown out, I guess, drown out any hashtag like racist hashtags or problematic hashtags like Trump, hashtag Trump 2020 or hashtag uh, POC for Trump or whatever. I feel like people should use that, I guess, blackout time to voice their opinions, voice how they're helping the movement, do something more than just post a black screen and post a hashtag and say, "Oop, I'm done. I did enough. I am so tired. I did all of this work for the Black Lives Matter movement. I deserve an award. It just gets annoying. And when you're quiet this whole time, like since the beginning of the George Floyd protests and whatnot, if you have been quiet at least from then, I feel like that should have been like a a wake-up call. Like the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on since Trayvon Martin. And it resurged when Michael Brown hit the scene. So if this didn't wake them up, then I don't know what will. Hmm. Yeah. And the fact that all 50 states has have been a part of the protest should say something. Should say something to not even the people who have been quiet, but know that they're trying. Like, it's the people who are racist, are outrightly racist. Right, yeah.
0: Um, Samuel, I know that you had a question, uh, that you were thinking about in regards to to St. Louis. Yeah. So, um, I never went to Burroughs, but I did visit Burroughs when I went to St. Louis to go visit Sam. And one thing that really stood out to me was that St. Louis seemed pretty segregated. So like, is that a true statement? And, could you explain more about the segregation? Of San yes, Louis, yes, I
1: can. It is heavily segregated um, I have gone to private school all my life, and that has been in Clayton and Ladue. Mm-hmm. But when I go home, I go to places like Jennings or Wellston and
0: for for like people outside of the San Louis community, could you just kind of like talk about like I guess the the makeup of each of those? Locations.
1: All right. When you think of Clayton or Ledoux, you think of the best high schools. You think of the highest, yeah, the highest value of education. You think of country clubs and mm-hmm. uh, Veiled Profits Ball, which is basically oh, yeah. like a social, white social club thing or whatever. Oh. I'm still doing my research on it, but I'm not too happy with I, what I'm finding. Um, basically... The one percenters, I guess, of Missouri.
0: Yeah. That's what they think of. Mm -hmm.
1: Very well put. And when you think of Wellston or Jennings or Ferguson, I guess that should ring a bell in some people's minds. You think of predominantly black public schools, um, rioting, high murder rates, um, gang-related activity, all that. Now there is no in between. I don't know of a place that's in between those two, I guess, categories. In St. Louis at least. Yeah, right.
0: And how would you how would you say that I mean, I I couldn't agree more. Like I I just remember my first time visiting St. Louis and literally like you could drive from like one block to another, like off Del Mar and it would just be like a whole nother like city. Like it was just Mm -hmm. It's, it's 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 like there's literally a line drawn and it's it's insane oh no it's uh, done
1: purposely because taxes placed on like housing and um just taxes in general that goes into the i guess the ma- maintenance of the communities and the um funding for public education So when you Mm -hmm. affect where the rich white people live or how much money is going into one community, you affect everything else as a result. Like recently um, at Burroughs, they offer an African-American studies um, class for seniors. Now, I hate that I had to wait till senior year to take this class. And I hate that there's only one year of this class, but it is what it is. And we talked about this, I guess, cycle of racism, and it had these different points. I wish I had it pulled up. There was, I guess, education, um, housing, um, media, and uh, a couple other points. But basically it showed us that everything we do and everything around us ties into this racially charged system. That has literally been created to keep people of color down, and you can see it at work in St. Louis.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's so it's so clear. That was a that was a great answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I guess I guess I would. I'm curious, like, just your take on how how that plays into like the protests and you know, as you said, the riots that have been that have been going on specifically in St. Louis just like how i guess it's how visual the the racism and the divide is uh there like how would you say that plays into to just like the tensions and what's what's been going on in terms of protesting
1: um i would say that actually can you repeat that question real quick
0: yeah sorry i know that was super loaded um just <laughs> Talking about how, like, visual the segregation is in St. Louis and how, you know, apparent it is that institutionalized racism is just so ingrained in the, like, the county and um, the differences between the communities. How, how would you say that plays into, like, the, the looting, the rioting, the protests, just the general tensions that are, that are clearly running high within the county um, and the city?
1: Um, I would say that the white community or higher class community of St. Louis lives in a bubble. Mm-hmm. They they don't see or they don't understand anything that isn't happening to them, nor do they typically care. Mm. and that's kind of the yeah. apparent like i guess when talking about the visual segregation as in i could see someone i guess posting about a pool party or posting an outing with all their friends but then two seconds later i mean two seconds before they were posting about the black lives matter movement yeah
0: Right. And I've seen that on social media as well. Like, I I think I know exactly what you're talking Mm
1: -hmm. about. Uh, And it's not even like they don't even know about protesting or they don't know, like, how they could help because there are plenty of outlets. There are plenty of people posting about it. So it's it's not I can't even say that I can't even help them or give them the. I guess. I don't even know how to say it. My bad. I'm so sorry that there was a truck. I, 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 understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, um, like there, there are outlets for them to like educate
0: themselves and like take mm-hmm. action. They just simply that, don't care clear. at this
1: point. They're ignorant on purpose,
0: right? Yeah, and, and we, we just, talked, we just talked to um, uh, a girl from Seattle who also went to a predominantly white institution. Um, there was uh, a Private like Catholic school here in Seattle, Mm -hmm. and and she was talking about how she feels like with a lot of her white friends in particular, like they they constantly are asking her and like coming to her, like she has to be the spokesperson and like she she's answering all of their questions about it. And she was just like, I mean, it's she was like, it's nice that they're putting in the work, but it just feels like they don't want to like go out and educate themselves, and so they're relying on
1: her to do it for them. Yep, it It seems like. I hate using this, like, I guess analogy, but it seems like coonish. You know what a coon is? Like,
0: could you explain?
1: Okay. A coon is basically a happy black person or it has been depicted. It's, ba- it's a racial slur. It's been depicted okay. as this happy black, happy-go-lucky black person who aims to please the white mm. masses. Now, this depiction has been used, I guess, starting after or, I guess, starting during slavery and then throughout, I guess, American history. And it kind of died down, but, like, there's still remnants of it here and there. Um, That seems very coonish. Like, they expect her to, to, I guess, perform or do exactly Mm -hmm. what they want her to because she is the only like I guess maybe only the black on um, the only black person they know so I don't really I don't really like that I'm fortunate enough to have white friends that go above and beyond that support the the movement just as much as I do so I don't have to go through that but I'm sorry that she does
0: right um I mean I, I think it's really awesome that there are like white people in your community being like strong allies. Uh, but I also know that there are plenty who are who are not or who like you said, are pretty performative in their allyship. What do you say to those people like what um, if anything at all or uh, like what what do you have to say to them?
1: Just stop. just you're not fooling anybody because it's not just me who picks up on these all of the sudden these out of the blue. I guess n- need to protest or need to um, post about protest or need to post this black screen. Like you think you're doing a lot, but you're not, you're just make you're just making a fool out of yourself. Because what's the point? I'd I'd rather someone, I'd rather know that you're racist or know that you don't truly stand for the movement than have to find out later that you don't.
0: Right. You'd rather know their true colors up front than,
1: than have uh, their support. Have their, or... in air quotes, support now, and then find out later that you were faking it.
0: Right. That makes that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, is there anything else that you wanted to to touch on?
1: Um, I was just going to talk a little bit more about, um being black in a white setting yeah please do just a just a couple more points
0: that's really good for our audience especially because i think that a lot of us are i mean i mean speaking for myself and samuel i mean we're both very white and i don't think that a lot of times we understand how necessarily our actions um affect Affect. Mm right
1: yeah i agree with
0: that all
1: right well um I think I said this already, but um, it seems as if, like, our peers or our white peers don't really care about what you're going through unless it affects them.
0: Mm.
1: So it feels like you're talking to a brick wall, like it's going in through one ear and out the other. Like, I had a friend tell me that he made a sound off during Black History Month about how he he absolutely hates the fact that people ask to touch his hair or they touch his hair out of nowhere like he's a pet. And I completely agreed with that. And then he told me that not ten minutes later, a little girl told him that as soon as he said that, someone touched her hair. Like, someone reached out and touched her hair or, like, grabbed it or whatever during his, uh, during his uh, I guess, announcement or a sound off or whatever you want to call it. And it and it almost brought a tear to my eye because it's just like not only do I guess in the Burroughs community, not only do we make people sit and listen, but they don't care. Like like I'd rather I'd rather not make people sit and listen to what I have to say if they're not gonna truly take it in and make it, I guess, useful. Not useful, but I guess use it and learn from it. Oh, that makes sense. And it's always, I. now I have no problem speaking up like, or I guess talking to people about issues I have, even, even if it's not about race, but I know there are black people within white communities or white settings that are afraid of acting or being too black, especially black women, because they have this term where it's like the angry black girl or the angry black woman. Oh, she's just angry. Oh, she's always like, I guess mad at something, or she's so loud, she's so ghetto, and it's hard to, it's hard to voice opinions or voice discomfort when you have that on your shoulder. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I've definitely heard those. Yeah. Like been, been mm-hmm. used before.
1: And, and then, so, I oh guess yeah, the, go ahead.
0: Idea of, of fear. Do you are do you have any fear? Like, are you scared about that at all? No.
1: Oh, I have no problem. I've I've grown past that. I, I'm at the, I don't care anymore. Like, either you hear me or I make you hear me. Like, I... Nice. I, I like that. I like that mindset. That's a great mindset. <laughs> and I'm at the point, I'm just like, you don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me at the end of the day. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not yeah. afraid to be viewed as this strong black woman because that's that's what I'm trying to be, you know? Like, and it's not my fault that I intimidate others because I know what I will and will not stand for, you know?
0: As you should, yeah, completely.
1: All right, with that, um, people find me very, very intimidating. So it's hard. It's hard dating in a PWI because, like, there's not... It's slim pickings, you know. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like, and you always have to like wonder. Oh, even if they're black, you always have to wonder: Do they like black girls? Like, will they date me because I'm a a P- POC? Like, and it's just hard. It's it's hard because dating is already so hard.
0: True, and I, I mean I think that's like that's a great reminder yeah. for us because it's like, like we will never have to, like, think about that as, like, an issue. Like, you know, like, that's never something that, like, we have to deal with. Like, dating is hard, sure, but it will never be hard because of the, the color of our skin. Like, mm-hmm. And I just think that, like, that's just, like, one of, like, literally everything in life where it's, like, sure, like, as a white person, you can have a hard life, but your life will not be made harder by the color of your skin. But, like, almost in every single, like, facet of life, that is not the, that is not the case for, for people of color. Yeah. And I, and I didn't even think about it in the dating realm. Like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm, mean, yeah. I just yeah. had to put that out there. And then also being fetishized. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there are people, especially on, I've been on TikTok recently. Don't make fun of me. But I've been on. T-
0: yeah. I, I've seen. I've seen that on yeah, TikTok like I've
1: been on TikTok <laughs> and there are all these white creators saying, "Oh, I love black girls. Oh, I want to marry a black girl," but then you, they don't follow any black girls, nor have they ever dated a black girl. So I just I think they do it for clout. Like, why are you yeah. using us for clout? Right. And then there's also the
0: there's also the term that I've heard in like in Seattle. I don't know if, if you've heard it um, in in Saint Louis where. Uh like when when white girls like date black guys or hook up with black snow guys, the, the term the snow bunny term or the term jungle fever, which is like when the, the credit like like they, they, they say that white girls have jungle fever when they hook up with like black guys.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Which like Nope, I mean, I've heard both of those. Rumors.
1: Yeah. And it's so off it's so common, like, especially nowadays, that there will be interracial couples where it's a white guy and a black girl but i don't think i've seen it like once or twice in st louis at least that there was a there was a couple of the reverse like really yes right because that's i don't know why but people like i guess people don't really hype up Black girls as much as they should. Now, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we're gorgeous. We're beautiful. Why is Mm. it that you want our features or you want to act like us or you want to be like us, but when it comes time to give us our props or marry us or date us, you turn a blind eye. You don't see us. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. It almost sounds like it's, like, performative again. You know, where it's, like, in, in, in voice okay. that they're, like, supporting you, but in the action that they're not.
1: Yep, completely. It's all an act. It's all a ruse. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I
0: I mean, I think it, it's so interesting. I mean, you live in a completely different part of the country than uh, the, the girl we talked to earlier. His name is Jackie, does. And, like, so much of your guys' experiences, like, are the exact same, because you guys both, I mean just just how how like incredibly like similar the racism is and like no matter where you are in america if you're a a black it sounds like especially a black woman in a pwi um like i just the the similarities are just striking to me Mm -hmm. i don't know samuel did you do you you see that too Yeah. yeah 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 definitely i yeah Seems very simple. Lindsay, do you know what your um, what your like after high school plans are?
1: Yeah. Um I'm gonna attend SLU for a year because of okay. corona and my mom was afraid. But after that I'm going to an HBCU.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what I yeah. Um uh.
0: you've had enough of you've had enough of PWIs. I've
1: had enough from the age of 3 to 18 I've attended PWIs and I can't take it anymore I just want to it's not that I don't like black like white people I love white people are cool people I'm not even gonna lie to you like they (laughs) they they make me laugh sometimes like they cool they cool some some of them are good good people good people like you guys you seem like good people good people
0: thank you Thank you. But
1: <laughs> I would just like to, for the first time in my life, be in a, be in an educational setting where I have something in common with the majority of the campus. Yeah. That I can relate yeah. to on some level with the majority of the... I'm tired of being a minority. I think that's what it is. And even if it is for just four years, I can't do it.
0: No, I. Mm -hmm. I Wow, like I, I will never understand. Like I will never ever understand what that, what that feels like. And I just think that, like, like I can't even put myself in your shoes. But like I, that's that. It makes complete sense. Like when you say it, it's just it's so hard for like I. I don't think I've ever been a minority. Like a true minority. Like you know, like I. It just Mm -hmm. which is yeah. I can't even. I can't even speak to that. And it makes total sense, yeah, um do you have anything else you'd like to you'd like to touch on or share?
1: um not off the top of my head, no,
0: okay um, well, Samuel, you got any more questions? I do not have any more questions. well, Lindsay, thank you so much. This was like super insightful um and I'm sure like i I wouldn't be surprised if we have like a, a follow up episode or conversation and uh I definitely want to stay in touch. Good luck with, um, you know, I, I know you're finished with, with Burroughs. Uh, so good luck with SLU. Then wherever, you, you know, you go after that, but um, keep, keep, keep speaking up and keep being yourself. Cause I mean, it's, it's really powerful to hear. All right.
1: Thank you so much for having yeah. me on here.
0: Yeah. Thank Thank you. Thank you for your yeah. words. Totally. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, We hope you enjoy. Uh, Just let us know if you guys have uh, any tips or questions or concerns. And uh, we're excited to keep on putting out more podcasts in the future. Thanks. Bye.